The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got the sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello. Hello to you, Mitch. This week on the show, we'll be talking about the Suns' new draft strategy with James Jones at the helm, and then we'll discuss the NBA award voting, and we'll take a peek at some Suns that receive some votes. Follow us on Twitter at SunnyandPHXPod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Shout-out to iCrazyHorez on iTunes. Thank you for leaving that five-star review. If you go on iTunes, like the thing before this just said, and leave us a five-star review and a writ- like a written review, you will get a shout-out just like that. So shout-out to iCrazyHorez. Thank you for listening to the show, and we appreciate your continued support. All right, we have a little bit of new news on the NBA draft. After that, we'll talk about what we kind of expect the Suns to be doing when we get to that date. And that date is November 18th. It's been confirmed. We thought that it would get moved to somewhere around this, but now it's 100% official. This is what we're looking at. And with that, it sounds like more of a confirmation that the NBA season will be starting after Christmas. Still don't have a definite date, but that's what it's sounding like. All right, let's look at what James Jones did last year in the draft, though, so we can get a little a little sense of what might be happening this year. So the moves that happened. We were slotted for the number six pick, and we traded that to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Dario Saric and the 11th pick, which turned into Cam Johnson. And that sixth pick turned into Jarrett Culver. So just discuss this a little bit. Easy for me to say that I am very satisfied in this trade because we saw Dario play so well in the bubble, and we saw a pretty nice rookie year out of Cam Johnson, too. Yeah, Cam Johnson is also better than Jarek Culver, like for sure. So that's helpful, too. Yeah, Culver did not have a, a, a very welcoming rookie year in the NBA. It took him a while to get started, and Towards the end of the year, he did start to put up numbers that you'd kind of expect out of a number six pick, but it took quite a while to get there, and who knows what it's going to look like next season. Yeah, and I was a little disappointed at first in this. I like Dario Saric, and I did at the time, but I wanted Culver or someone in that six range. I was kind of excited for that. So I think my initial reaction to this was a little bit disappointed, but clearly that's not the case anymore. Cam Johnson was great for us. Yeah, you know, you go into an offseason, you're looking forward to the draft, you're looking forward to getting that new young guy who might take your team over the edge and push you into the playoffs or something, and you just want that sexy pick. But then we traded that, and then we bring in Dario, and then Cam Johnson. 
it wasn't exciting at the time. I don't think many Suns fans were too hyped about the move, but um, Cam Johnson at 23, 24 years old on draft day, it, that was crazy to think of. But look at what he did this season. Look at his three-point numbers. And moving forward, I'm I'm feeling Cam Johnson's potential compared to Jarrett Culver's just uh, – as the next season starts, I, I expect more out of Cam Johnson than I would out of Jarrett Culver. Yeah. And to go back to something that we were saying early on with what James Jones was looking for, he wants NBA players. James Jones doesn't want potential. He doesn't want to build someone up. He doesn't want to develop a team. He wants NBA players. And I imagine James Jones would rather have, an average NBA player than someone who could be a superstar. How many times do they actually become superstars? Not all that often. So I think for this team where we're at right now and where we were last year, for sure, we wanted NBA players. We needed an NBA player at every spot and we got that. Right. And this is something that I can see happening again in this draft. Because we only have the one pick, number 10, and then no second. And then next year as well, no second. So those are two roster spots that we'd normally have that we don't, that we need to fill now. So maybe we do see another trade like this. And, I mean, if we look at the evidence, more pushes to seeing something like that. Because last year, another trade we made during the draft, we traded a 2020 protected Milwaukee pick first rounder for Aaron Baines, as well as the 24th pick, which ended up being Ty Jerome. So there's another veteran college basketball player that we bring in with Ty Jerome and then Aaron Baines, who he, he's had a nice career in the NBA and we gave him, we saw plenty of Baines this year. So bringing in Baines and Ty Jerome for this pick, which I believe is still protected this season. So it's... uh... Yeah, I mean, we needed to do this too. I mean, Aaron Baines is better than anyone we would have got in the draft with, uh, you know, a pick like this. And he really contributed to the team. When Aiton was out, whether it be for the suspension or injury, Baines really stepped in. And we're going to talk about Baines a little bit more later. But he had a great season and at times was the defensive anchor for us. Absolutely. Baines was huge for us without Aiton. Obviously, those 25-plus games that Aiton was out, uh, Baines filled those shoes and did an excellent job. And it seems like that's a getting him on this draft trade. It, it just seems like easy money for the Suns. And you look at, guy, you look at Baines and you look at Sarich, they're both – they were both in the final year of their contract heading into this offseason here. So that's something else that I could see us doing, along with making a trade, targeting guys in the last year of their deals who maybe aren't extremely happy with the position they're in on their current team. I assume that we're scouting guys out like that to fill these roster spots that we need. And if it works as well as Dario and Baines did last year... I, do it again, please. Yeah, I'm down with it. And then hopefully at least one of these two are able to resign. Yeah, that 
hopefully we get one of them. Maybe even both, because Maybe. you look at Frank, he's a $5 million team option this year. I think that we'd rather keep Dario over Frank. Yeah. And absolutely keep Baines over Frank. So if we want to keep some cap room open to sign one or both of those guys, maybe we see Frank on his way out. Who knows? I think it's pretty safe to say that James Jones will be targeting a shooter, and it's not going to be a guy that is 18 or 19 years old. Uh, maybe it is. I, I'm not going to say that's a. it's impossible that we draft a younger guy, but I really wouldn't be surprised to see us trade back find a guy with experience who was very scoutable, who we know a lot about. I could see that filling our draft need. And, you know, maybe we get another veteran player back in return too, if we trade down. I I think that's what we got to expect. I think so too. And I know that we have talked about some different options at different positions in the draft, and we'll continue to talk about guys who would be good fits on the team. But I would really not be surprised if we just picked whoever had the best three-point percentage that's coming into this draft and just going with them. James Jones loves those shooters. Anyone who plays like James Jones did is probably a safe bet, too. Yeah. I'm putting Naismith pretty high up on our draft board. Yeah. Just just because of that. That Just because of that. Yep. Okay, NBA Awards just recently came out, and like I mentioned in the intro, some interesting Suns votes sprinkled in here. No one took any award awards home, but we'll uh, dive into each one. We'll start off with the MVP, obviously, and Giannis is the winner there. Averaged about 29 points, 13 boards, 6 assists per game. Great on the defensive end also, obviously, which we'll talk more about too, but... It seems like Giannis was the pretty easy selection for this one this year. Yeah, and he was who I predicted to win MVP again. And that's not to brag. It's just to show how easy it is to to get this right. I think the vast majority of people probably said it would be Giannis. It was the obvious pick. So this isn't a surprise whatsoever. And LeBron was a little upset about the lack of votes that he got. I, I don't know if he was expecting to win it or expected more votes, but what what are your thoughts on that? Does LeBron have any room to talk here? I mean, he's still alive in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think he has room to talk because he is one of the probably three best players in the league right now still. Um, I, I just chalk that up to his competitive nature. He wants to win all these awards, you know, so I could understand him being upset that he only got, I think it was 16 first place votes. That sounds right. I mean, I don't know, like if I put myself in his shoes, Mm -hmm. I'd probably be mad too. So I, I don't really mind it. It's like, I just think, what if he didn't say that? What if he was like, oh yeah, this is great. It's fine. Like no, no one would like that. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, whatever it is, it's adding a little fuel to the fire for him to go win a championship this year. Exactly. No matter how you look at it, and Giannis and his team couldn't make it there. So I, you got to. This is a regular season award, though, and right, the Bucks had a exactly. fantastic regular season. Yeah. Well, and then you see LeBron and the Lakers beat the Nuggets pretty handily in the 
the game one of the Western Conference Finals. So who's really winning, you know? Yep, that's the truth. Okay, coach of the year, Monty Williams in our hearts. But Nick Nick Nurse from the Raptors won this one. They went 53-19 and 19 on the season after losing Kawhi Leonard. Uh, yeah, they're in the East, but you can't discount them that much. That was a great team. And w- without a ton of superstar action there, you can say what you want about Kyle Lowry. I think Siakam still has a ways to go, but that's just an excellently coached team. And Nick Nurse is a great coach. He, he deserves this one hands down. He does. Yeah, Nick Nurse is so good. And I've heard interviews with him before, and he's a really nice guy. He's a great piano player, apparently. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think Nick Nurse is awesome. He's a great coach. And I love his enthusiasm, too. We've yeah. all seen the meme at this point of him squatting down with his arms spread in yep. the bubble. And it, you can't not like that. You know, he loves the game so much. Oh, yeah. And he just signed a big extension to stick around as their coach. So good for him. Happy for the Raptors. And that all makes sense to me. Yeah. Knowing the Raptors, I was pretty curious if they would fire Nick Nurse, like the Dwayne Casey treatment. But no, not this time. Not this time. (laughs) Not this time. Okay. We move it on to Rookie of the Year. And another pretty, pretty easy one to write off. That's Ja Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, this was simple. Some people were voting for Zion. He's good, but he just didn't play nearly enough to even be considered. If anyone should also be considered, it's Brandon Clark, because he had a great season. Go Zags. So. Yeah, I mean, we can uh, kind of tie in some rookie team talk with this, but you see Brandon Clark and Rui first and second team there. There's That's a couple right. of Zags. That's pretty. That's right. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it was exciting, definitely. Um, But, yeah, another bit about that, though. Zion makes the first team all-rookie. Yeah. You can't – you couldn't give him both. You know, you can't – even though his stats were really nice in the 20-some games that he played – uh, you can't give him both, so I, no. I suppose I'm happy that Ja got Rookie of the Year and Zion's there on the first team, even though I don't think he quite deserves it. Eh. Yeah, it's like it's so hard because you have the option to to go the Ben Simmons route and like not play enough games and still be considered a rookie in technically your second year. But if you play 20 games or whatever it was like Zion did, you get put on the all rookie first team. Yeah, man. And it's interesting. He puts up these great numbers, but he looks so out of shape in the bubble. It didn't look like he felt comfortable playing over 20 minutes a game. And why even let him get a shot at it this season? Are you trying to sell tickets? Does exactly. Zion pining to get on the floor? I I don't know. Well, I think he is. He wanted it to be on the floor. I think he was upset that he didn't get more playing time. Well, but... do you blame not getting playing time for weighing 300 pounds, or do you blame <laughs> yourself for not trying to stay in shape and be ready to right. go? Right. No, I, I'm with you. 
I mean, I, <laughs> I just think he's a kid in his first season. He wants to play as much as he can. We see this sometimes. I mean, Marquise Chris went through this, and now it's a different scale because Zion's way better. But Marquise Chris was excited to be in the NBA, and he did whatever he wanted, and he had way too much money for being an 18, 19-year-old kid. I mean, I would have done the same thing, you know? I remember seeing him at Summer League that year, and he looked so, like, he looked chubby. His face looked like it gained five pounds. Yeah. And we were like, oh, no, he doesn't look ready for this. And he didn't last long after that either. I mean, I don't blame him. When you have that much money at that age and all the freedom in the world, I mean, when we were that age, we were making bad decisions, but we didn't have millions of dollars. Right. Right. (laughs) No. Okay. Let's move it on. Uh, Some more. You can be a little iffy about this one, too. Sixth man of the year ends up being Montrez Harrell out of the Clippers. And then there's. You know, Lou Williams from the Clippers is getting plenty of votes. How do you have two sixth men? That's what Dennis Schroeder asked because a lot of people think he probably deserved it this year, and it ends up going to Harrell and the Clippers. Yeah, this is a tough one. This award is probably the toughest to predict, too, because these guys sometimes just come out of nowhere. But I don't know. I probably would have given it to Schroeder. But I see why Harrell, I guess you could interchange Harrell with Lou Williams, but just because the Clippers had a better regular season than the Thunder, it was closer than we expected, but the Clippers were better. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Harrell plus Lou Williams, one of the best scoring bench duos ever, maybe even the best. I'm not sure where they ended up after the season Mm -hmm. ended, but a lot of impressive stuff from there, but. Yeah, it's it's tough because is it sixth man of the year or is it bench man of the year? Because, right. you know, Lou Williams ends up, you know, taking away from Montrez Harrell, but Harrell still wins. And then Schroeder just kind of gets the short end of the stick there, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. This award, it's it's not my favorite. I know it's a good one to have, but it's it's a tough one. Yeah. I hear you. Maybe uh, Cam Johnson or Kelly Oubre coming off the bench next year, tear it up, and they take it home. Then we love that award. That's true. The last time we tried to predict a Suns player in this spot, it didn't go very well, though. So I'm not saying who, but let's just say we didn't predict it during the day. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to be a long-time listener to... Uh, pick up on that <laughs> i dare you to go find it oh please don't <laughs> all right yeah i don't think anyone will i'm feeling pretty safe about that all right we move it on though defensive player of the year like mvp Giannis. you predicted both these huh mitch i did and again it's not to brag i think that was obvious too it just goes to show how easy it was to get this right he's a great defender yeah, and being an off-ball defender where he shines so much, he can take up so much room. He's so big. He's so fast. Uh, he, he's just a dream to have on that side of the court and both sides of the court, honestly. He's, you know, MVP plus defensive player of the year. That's that's incredible, and it's fun watching this guy. Yeah, it is. 
it's a shame that they didn't go further in the playoffs, but I am enjoying watching the Heat. Yeah, the the Heat have been a blast to watch, and I don't know where you as the listener falls on this, but I'm rooting for Dragic. It's, oh, he's been I playing sure. so well, too. I, I'm just happy watching him succeed. Yeah, it's nice. Okay, most improved now. This is another award where not great uh, direction on how to vote for this award. But this one goes to Brandon Ingram, and it, it's well-deserved. He turned into a star this year for those Pelicans, and uh, he's going to be catching a pretty big payday this offseason. Yeah, I think this is great for Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Since he's not on the Lakers anymore, it's really easy to root for him. Him and D'Lo, I, I like them both. Yeah, and I want them to be good because it's like, oh, what if the Lakers had Brandon Ingram still? It's like, oh, sorry, you don't. So it's always nice to see that happen. Um, but no, I, I like Brandon Ingram, and he did a lot for the Pelicans. I know some people earlier on in the season were wondering if Pascal Siakam could get this again. I don't know. Has it ever been done two years in a row? I don't think so. Yeah. So that would have been kind of interesting, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Maybe Ingram gets it again next year. Now I want to see if, uh, I'm going to look it up quick, if Siakam got any votes. Yeah. He did. He got one first place vote, one second place vote, five third teams. So, yeah, quite quite a bit. He finished one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. Seventh over. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean that but, just speaks to him though. If if you can be yeah. the most improved player and then improve quite a bit the next season, you're you're going places, man. Oh yeah, for sure. This could also be uh, a potential Cam Johnson spot next year. Next year, I I could see that. I I could see you know building off the bubble. You think he got quite a bit of confidence coming out of there because he played fantastic. He's turning into more of a more of a stretch four. He looks a little more powerful, like he can contain whatever four that he has to match up against. I'm excited for him, and uh, it'll just be interesting how many minutes will be there for him because with Ubre back, whatever moves we make this offseason, there will be some differences. Yeah, well, and speaking of Ubre, I know earlier on in the season some people were throwing his name around for this award, and... Injuries really prevented that, but I don't know. Maybe maybe next year we hear that a little bit too, depending on how things go. I don't know. Hey, if Kelly scored 19 a game last year, 18 or 19, and then is up for most improved the next season, oh yeah, let's do that. That'd be great. <laughs> okay, let's uh, briefly talk about the all-NBA teams, the first team goes to Giannis, LeBron, James Harden, Anthony Davis, and Luka Doncic. Second team, Kawhi, Jokic, Lillard, CP3, and Siakam. And then third team is Tatum, Butler, Gobert, Simmons, and Westbrook. And if you're wondering, Devin Booker did receive votes, but not many at all. All he received were three third-team votes. Is that too few, or do you just kind of expect that now? I think it's too few. Why is Westbrook on this list? Why? Yeah, <laughs> he's not. I, I know he had a 
pretty bad season. It, it's going to, man, like Westbrook's going to put up the numbers, but then you ask at, at what cost? You look at his numbers and the efficiency of it, and it's not great. And without without Harden on a team, on that team, how would they have been with Russ leading the show? I don't I don't know. I don't think he's a, worth a third team. All team, all NBA anymore. I don't either. Yeah, I'm pretty down on Russell Westbrook. And so, I know a lot of people thought Gobert was a stretch for the center spot for the third team too. Um, you know, maybe Aiton's not so far off of you know statistically jumping onto that. Maybe we see that too. That would be really nice. I hope so. Otherwise, though. This looks pretty good. The first team, those are all guys that need to be there. It's a little painful to see Luca, but he was so good. Yep. The second team, I mean, Kawhi was great still. Jokic had a great season, and he's been fun to watch in the playoffs. Lillard's great. Chris Paul, I can't believe how well Chris Paul did. And then Siakam. His story is pretty amazing, too. If you don't know his story, you should check that out. Because he he was almost a priest rather than playing in the NBA. It's a pretty oh, interesting yeah, yeah. story. That is yeah. a good story. It's a cool story. But, yeah, Siakam had a great season. Jason Tatum, holy cow, he's been good. We talked about him last week. But Jimmy Butler, too. Maybe he's got a case for being a little bit higher on this. Agreed. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's this is pretty reasonable for the most yep, part. Not, not too much to complain about. So we'll move it on to the rookie teams. We brought these up a little bit. But we got Ja and Zion on the first team, along with Kendrick Nunn, Brandon Clark, and Eric Pascal. Pascal. Pascal, I believe. All right. I had a 33% chance and, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then second team, we got Hero from the Heat. Then Terrence Davis, the second Kobe White, PJ Washington, and Rui Hachimura. And then we got Cam Johnson, who received three second team votes. So a little recognition for Cam, which makes me happy. And, uh, you know, even if Zion gets left off this list, Cam still doesn't make it onto that second team. But uh, it's just nice to see him getting some votes. Yeah. And I think if he just would have turned it on a little earlier in the season, it would have been better. But guys like Kendrick Nunn, or Tyler Hero, those guys were just hot from the very beginning. So, yep. And that's just how it goes. Cam Johnson, I think, is going to be really, really good long term, but just, you know, was a little slow to start this season, and that's fine. Yeah, there's nothing to complain about there. All right. And then the all defensive first team goes Rudy Gobert, Giannis, Anthony Davis, Marcus Smart, Ben Simmons. Second team is Kawhi, Brooke Lopez, Bam Adebayo, Patrick Beverly, and Eric Bledsoe. And let's just talk about this. I don't know who did it, but someone gave Aaron Baines one second team vote for the all-defensive team at the forward position. And it appears to me that Baines Fan Club has a vote in this. Because I don't know who else is going to give him that vote. It, it just makes no sense. Like, who who wrote this in? I saw that 
Uh, Jalen Brown for I can't remember what award it was, but he got one vote for as a guard and one vote as a forward. And you'd think that they'd try to make this just easier on everybody. But one, why are you giving Bain's defensive team votes in the first place? <laughs> right. Two, two, why it forward? He played maybe 10 minutes all season alongside <laughs> Aiton. And then who who's even the center at that point? But, but why? I really don't know. <laughs> I, I'm surprised I didn't see a tweet from Bain's fan club shortly after this was announced because it's just so odd and obscure. And I, I want to know who did it. I'm sure they had to keep it quiet. They didn't want people to know that they were the ones voting for him <laughs> in this spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is it's weird. I mean, it's it's weird to see Kawhi on the second team and not the first team. I mean, is Marcus Smart really a better defender than Kawhi Leonard? Uh, he probably played more games this season. Yeah, that's probably it. I still and think I would have swapped those two. So you, you got to go a center, two forwards, and two guards, and you call yeah. Ben Simmons a point guard. Yeah, that that makes things all... all yeah. It, I don't, sometimes I get the position part of this. Sometimes I just wish they do the five best. Yeah, I, I could get behind that. Yeah. Bledsoe on there is kind of weird to see. That is weird to see. But uh, we can wrap this up by saying the James Jones draft strategy works out because if you can snatch a guy like Aaron Baines who's getting all defensive team votes at not even his position, you did something right during those <laughs> That's trades. Right. That's right. Yeah. Dario Saric actually got one at guard too. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he definitely did not. No. What if they did, like, worst defensive teams? Ooh. That'd be fun to do. The headline by Trey Young. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would that'd it be, be Trey and D-Book at the guard spots? Or did, did Booker crawl out of that dungeon this year? Because he did improve defensively. He, he did improve, but I don't know that he's entirely out of that dungeon. Yeah, Trey and Book, <laughs> first team, all non-defense. I'll take <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a good thing that we don't do that. But now that we're getting into these topics anyway, let's move into the non-sports section of the show. Today's non-sports question is, what's your favorite emoji? Ah, is this inspired by our wonderful YouTube artwork? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you say that? Okay. All right. My, My favorite is I like the sunglasses cool guy emoji. I feel because like when I say something that I think I'm cool, I'll I'll post that just to let you know that I think I'm cool more or less. So I can get behind that. Second one is um, as a glasses wearer, the nerdy glasses guy. So if I say if I throw in a joke, I might throw that in. So it's it's one of those two. Those are my probably two most frequent. Mm, okay those are good ones my favorite i like the smirk because it's just kind of sly it's it's funny i feel like a lot of times i'll tell a joke and i'll just sit there waiting for people to get it with that yeah. little smirk going on you're a cheeky um, guy it makes yeah 
yeah, I think it's fitting. Um, I've, yeah, been using that one for a while. And then I also really like the ghost sticking its tongue out. That's one of my go-tos, the little ghost. And it's just like, eh, with its tongue out. I, yeah. I just think it's funny. And sometimes, like, when I don't really have anything else to say, I'll just send the little ghost. Yeah, you don't see that one often. That's kind of a, a deep pull. I like that. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of a deep cut, but it's it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, how about friend of the show? What's friend of the show at Josh Cran on Twitter? A real man's man, Josh Cranwetter. His favorite. How do I describe this? Josh really likes to use the the groaning face. Like, <laughs> how do I describe this one? It's got its eyes closed and its mouth wide open, and it looks kind of, like, exasperated, but in a good way, you know? Like, Josh will send me a text, like, I'm back at B-dubs with, like, the groaning face. (laughs) Or I'm making lasagna tonight with the groaning face. Something like that. (laughs) Does it change up after a few freckled lemonades, though? Oh, everything changes. Yeah. For him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that man in Red Robin. Whew. Oh, that's where the rehearsal dinner's at, right? <laughs> no. Definitely no. Uh-huh. Sorry, Josh. Not Red Robin. <laughs> oh, we're looking forward to that. Okay. This seems like a good place to end things. We thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be back with another new episode next week. Go Sun. Try to